Before we get to the analysis, I wanted to talk to you about the MLB Rotoballer Challenge hosted by our friends at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable free fantasy baseball platform in the industry, and that's why we're hosting our 2022 Rotoballer Challenge there. If you want the greatest fantasy experience, sign up for a free Rotoballer Challenge team today. All leagues are free to join, and you get to compete against Rotoballer writers and readers for a shot at the $500 cash grand prize. Plus, all new Fantrax users get entered into a free giveaway to win a signed official MLB Wander Franco jersey. Just go to rotoballer.com challenge and sign up for your team today. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Catcher's Corner. I'm Eric Samolski, joined as always by my co-host Sammy Ackley. Sammy, we are just over a week away from real live baseball games. Did you ever think we'd get here? Uh, not with Ma- Manfred as commissioner. No, I didn't. Uh, but I am pleasantly surprised. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm excited. We got our home league draft this week. Um, yeah, you draft right after me. Everybody's so. got the, their sheets and their grids going. Yeah. Um, and listen, I got a new mic, you know, set up today, so I don't sound like trash. So I'm ready to go. Um, you you do sound beautiful, by the way. Just the dual set tones of, of Sammy Ackley. Thanks. Even my wife doesn't give me these compliments, so I'll take it. Yeah. Listen, sometimes you know I got to be just as supportive, if not I more so. Need a network. Work work wife, you know what I mean. There we go. <laughs> um, so so we have a we have a guest coming on. Um, C. Trent Rosecrans, who covers the the Reds for the Athletic. Uh, so before we dive into some Red specific stuff, we just want to cover some basic spring training stuff that's going on. You know, you and I started this as catchers because we like talking about the game of baseball primarily from a pitching standpoint, but obviously from all of it. So let's just talk pitching and spring training. And I'm going to talk about something that happened an hour ago that you and I haven't even talked about, but I want your honest reaction. Just today, Pablo Lopez, who had shoulder injuries last year, lasted just two and a third innings in his spring start. He he topped out at 93.8. He was averaging 94 last year. His command was all over the place. And he got just five whiffs on 25 swings on his fastball. Given his injury history, are you at all concerned about Pablo Lopez? Are you drafting Pablo Lopez? Do you still like him or are you just staying away? How many more starts does he have left before the season starts? Probably just one. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to be tuned in to that to see how he uh, fares you know, though, you know, sometimes guys in spring training are, are working on things like, you know, they, they're not really focused on results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, 93.8, you know, to what, 94. Uh, I mean, it's a slight dip, but I mean, I, I think he had been going pretty well before today. Uh, and But but remember, you know, the 93.8 is what he topped out at and the 94 last year is what he was average. averaging. So uh, there is a little bit of a difference. Uh, I love Pablo Lopez. I think if he wasn't coming off of in, in like multiple shoulder injuries, it's not just last year. I mean, he's had, you know, years of, of, of arm injuries. It makes me a little concerned, man. Cause like he's still going and I'll pull up the ADP in a second, but the last I checked, like he's still going around some, some really good 
pitchers, right? Like he's still going in the area where you could get like, you know, your, your Logan Gilberts, your Michael Kopechs, your Luis Garcias, you know, guys like that who I'm probably a little bit more in on. Yeah, I, I, I think it just, you know, um, I don't want to jump to conclusions. You know, it would be something that, you know, we got to, you'd have to monitor, right? Like, that's right. why I was asking about how many starts does he have left? If he has mm-hmm. one more left um, and something happens between now and then in terms of, hey, whether they, they shut him down or, you know, he goes out and, you know, sees a further decrease in ability, um, then it's something that obviously you have to prepare for um, yeah. and kind of, you know, uh, reassess how you're viewing him in terms of drafts. Yeah. Let, let's go to something more optimistic. Through three spring starts, Justin Verlander has thrown eight and two-thirds innings. He's given up five hits. He's struck out 10. He's walked three. And today um, he got up to 62 pitches. So there's a good chance he's at, you know, 75, 80 pitches in his first start of the season. Are you drafting Justin Verlander? I mean, you can't in our home league because he's kept, but if you're in a regular redraft league, are you drafting Justin Verlander as if it was old Justin Verlander? The ability, I obviously, looks like it's still there. Um, my main concern with Verlander is uh, how many innings is he going to throw this year? Um, and that really is going to determine how I, you know, look at him from a fantasy perspective. Like, am I drafting him as my SP3, uh, SP4? Um, because he hasn't pitched in a while, man. Like, it's been like over a – it's been, it's been a pretty sizable amount of time since he's gotten on the mound. At least two – I mean, two years because, you know, I mean, right. you know, 20, 2020 was not a full season – but yeah, about two full years since we've seen him that's on the mound long, at a major league game. That's a long freaking time to not be yeah. on the mound. Um, and so, uh, you know, given his age, given the injury he's coming off of, I wonder if, he, uh, you know, I would assume that Houston's going to be very careful and monitor how, ma- uh, how many innings he's throwing, whether it be yeah. putting him on a pitch count or an innings limit uh, per start, maybe like have him go five per um, you know, days of rest in between additional days of rest when they can get it for them. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think that's really going to determine or, you know, judge how we, how you draft him. But if you're asking me, am I in on his ability? It looks like he hasn't left, you know, well, in terms of what he can do. Let me give you more specifics over the last three weeks. His ADP is now 77 overall. Man, that's that's tough. Um, he is going currently one pick after Jose Barrios, oh. uh, four picks after Dylan Cease, uh, nine picks ahead of Trevor Rogers, ten picks ahead of Alec Manoa. Yeah, now, I don't how, now how in now how in are you? Yeah, see that that if, if it's at that price, I'm out because the guys you just mentioned. I can literally, I know I can bank on at least 150 innings from those guys. Uh, maybe not Manoa. Uh, may, Manoa might get me somewhere close to that. But the other guys, Berrio specifically and Rogers, and, um, you know, they're going to give you the innings. Like, I'm, like, I don't know what I'm getting from Verla in terms of innings. And that cost is prohibitive, prohibitive to me. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I, I really like, I mean, he's my starting pitcher, number 23. Um, and I'm actually, my top 100 starting pitchers are coming out. I, I'm doing an actual article this year for the first time because I've spent so much time ranking these dudes. Um, he's 23 for. You teased me on this a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just ahead of Shane McClanahan, who you know I love, and Trevor Rogers and Alec Manoa. Because the those, like you mentioned, those are young guys. We're dreaming on their upside. They might throw 150, but we don't know because we don't really know, you know, after last year what they're going to be built up to, 150, 160. McClanahan probably on the lower side because it's the Rays, you know. Um, Verlander, we know what he can do. The only question is how many innings is he going to get to do it? At some point, when you get into this range of the starting pitchers, I'm willing to say, you know what, I'll take my 140, 150 innings of Verlander at potentially peak Verlander, not as my starting pitcher one, because again, he's in my 20s. But but if I could get Verlander with, you know, a starting pitcher uh, that I feel, you know, I would even honestly, I would even like if I waited on starting pitching and I went Berrios Verlander, I feel super happy. Because that's one innings eater, solid ratio. And then, you know, Justin Verlander, who is the K upside, you know, the kind of flashy guy, that pairing then I kind of like. Max Freed, Justin Verlander. I kind of well, like something like that. No, you definitely have to, co- you know, pair him with somebody who's going to give you a boatload of innings. And just to go back to what you were saying, Trevor Rogers threw 134 innings last year. You know, I'm always of the assumption that they're going year by year, they build up to about 40 plus innings. They tack on 40 innings every year, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not every year, but in terms of building up a young pitcher. So if we're going to take that into account, let's say 30, 40 innings, right? They're probably going to get them up to 150 plus, somewhere in the 160 range, right? Manoa last year, he threw 116. You could probably get close to 150 with him, right? I, I'm not. I don't know if Verlander's going to get to 150. Like that's yeah. that's a, that's a lot for a guy who hasn't pitched in two years to go 150. I mean, yeah. the most innings we we saw last year, I think, was Garrett Cole at 181, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, getting guys close to 200 is is, is, is extinct. So yeah. 180 is probably your your top number. And you know, is 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 Verlander going to throw 30 innings less than that? I mean, I think you're looking at somewhere between 100 and 120, to be honest, if, if, if you're ranking. I mean, and, and, and pairing him Let's, up with – you have to pair him up with somebody else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a little lower. I would go 140, 150 personally. You know, we did, we did get over 200 innings from three guys last year. It just feels like Walker Bueller, everybody forgets he went over 200 because it's, really? it's the quietest 200 inning season ever. He had 207. Zach Wheeler had 213. But we're now talking about Zach Wheeler with a shoulder injury starting camp late. So maybe we're seeing the ramifications of that. And then the ever discussed Sandy Alcantara went 205. Um, So, you know, the Marlins will go, you know, will run a guy that much. But, you know, I don't think that Trevor Rogers is going to jump from 130 to 200. I'm not saying that. Um, And then you had a couple guys in the 190s, Berrios being one of them and, and Robbie Ray. Um, and then you had a bunch of 180s. And actually, I lied. There's a fourth 200 guy, and he's he's the Rodney Dangerfield. I can't get no respect. Uh, Adam Wainwright, 206. I mean, that's insane. 
But okay, yeah. I think I was looking at some projected sets. Um, but maybe I was wrong. You think I'm looking at projected sets? No, 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 I know you're not. Uh, I think I was in terms of of the numbers here. Um, so yeah, no, you're right. There you also you also hit on my anxiety because I thought for a second I was also looking at projected stats and I was like, oh no, you got me. No, but those were, yeah. So four guys over 200. Um, so let's get to some helium guys before, before we bring on C Trent and talk about the reds. Um, Jesus Lazardo is being discussed like crazy right now. Uh, primarily actually because, well, a, he looks great. Um, interestingly, He's throwing his curveball a lot right now, and everybody's been asking him to do that. In the last start, he threw the curveball 48% of the time. Now, as you mentioned, it's spring training. Guys are usually working on things. He could have just been working on the curveball, and we don't know if his major league usage will be that high. It probably won't be. 48% curveball is, you know, Rich Hill-like. But he's looked really good. His fastball is also sitting at 97 you know, back in the day, two years ago, we were dreaming on the upside of Jesus Lazardo. Are you dreaming on the upside of Jesus yes. Lazardo still? Yes. So yes, are- I was so I was like, like I was literally like doing cartwheels when they traded him to Miami, because I was like, if there was a place that knows how to develop young starting pitching. And the Marlins are a disaster everywhere else, but in terms of just how to develop young starting pitchers, they're one of the organizations out there that really have an extensive background on how to do this because that's what they do, right? Like we've seen, you know, uh, Pablo, Sandy, Trevor Rogers uh, before Sixto's injury, uh, you know, they've developed guys and really turned them around. And, you know, I was really ecstatic and hoping that this would happen to him. Uh, because the talent is there. Uh, it just needed to be, you know, cultivated. Um, yeah. It was fastball 51% of the time. Good for him. Um, I think he's in for a big year. It's somebody that I was high on uh, going into this season. I'll, I'll tell you, in my top 100, I had him in the in the mid-80s around like Josiah Gray, Luis Patino, guys like that. After watching his few starts, I'm real close to bumping him up in the mid-60s around like the Aaron Ashby, Joe Ryan tier because i think if, if i'm on the clock and it's like are you taking aaron ashby are you taking jesus lazardo i i kind of think you're looking at the same type of pitcher right like high high upside lefty um we don't really know how many innings we're gonna get strikeout stuff a little bit volatile the role is not you know 100 locked in but if lazardo's pitching well he's in that rotation the only reason Laz- Lazardo comes out of that rotation is if he's not pitching well. Ashby, you could get some innings limitations, stuff like that. Joe Ryan, who I know you love, but like there's a small track record of success there. So you're on the clock. Are you taking Joe Ryan? Or are you taking Jesus Lazardo? I'm taking Lazardo because one, I, I think the talent level, you know, Joe Ryan's good young pitcher, but if we're comparing, you know, ceilings, you know, Jesus Lazardo is off the charts. He's always been ranked as you know, one of the top prospects in baseball. We were all excited for him to come up with Oakland and, and see what he could do. And, and, and the other aspect, you brought up Aaron Ashby, who I really like. Um, and I think there's a difference when, you know, a team is developing a pitcher from within and a difference when a team trades for a pitcher and develops him, right? Like they didn't trade for him to have an undefined kind of thing for him. I think they traded for him to make him a starter, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think they're going they're going to use him in that capacity. Whereas, hey, you know, Aaron Ashby is 
a, pro, a Brewers prospect. They're developing him and whatever plan they have set out for him, they, they're not, you know, tied to it. But I think, you know, when you trade for a guy like uh, Lazardo, you're trading for him to be a starting pitcher. Yeah. And I want to talk to you uh, about one more, you know, hype train guy, because I know you have very strong feelings. Don't do it. But don't do it. Don't I'm going to do, 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 do it. Everybody's talking about how fast Mitch Keller is throwing, and he does have a lot more velo now. He's, you know, he's sitting 97. He was like 93 last year. It's super impressive. Like that aside, the velo gains he's made are incredibly impressive. Are you drafting him? Do you think that like Mitch Keller has arrived? I mean, we talked about him years ago. He was, a, a you know, a kind of like a high upside prospect. Or have right. you totally turned the page on him? So you know how like when, when you draft guys and they completely flame out on you, you kind of have this like stigma or like you're carrying this thing where you don't want to draft them again? Yeah, um, I know. I'm kind of in that in that boat, but to me, like velocity gains are one thing. Like that's great, right? And spring training games are great because guys are working on things, and you get to see see some of the things that they've worked on. Um, but I, I just can't jump in yet, full like you know, with two feet in, just because of some spring training outings. Um, it's always to me like you know, what does he look like? in a real game, like when, when mm. the chips are down and you got to make pitches, can he make those pitches? Um, I, I think I'm going to stay away, but you know, I may be, you know, I may be coming around to maybe a late round flyer on. Okay. Yeah. Listen, uh, the fastball is not getting a lot of whiffs currently. Um, so the VLO is really nice, but you know, throwing 98, 99, uh, you know, in, in this day and age is, I mean, it's weird to say, but like, that's not that rare right? Um, or not as rare as it used to be. So we need to see the location on the breaking balls that like, that he can pair, that he can sequence, right. That he can go just from the VLO uh, mixing in the breaking balls. He can work both sides of the plate. Like we need to see a lot more things. Uh, I'm definitely more in on, um, I'm definitely more in on Lazardo. I'm definitely yeah. more in on the two other guys we talked about. And then I'm more in on people that we'll talk to um, our guest, C. Trent Rosecrans, about. Um, and so we'll use that as a transition. Uh, so we're going to welcome in our guest for today. It's Trent Rosecrans, who covers the Reds for The Athletic. Trent, how are you doing? Good, good. You know, I'm hanging in there. I'm uh, actually in Cincinnati right now, but headed back to Phoenix tomorrow. How excited so are you for the Reds season? Scales. It's a season. I mean, they're, they're, like, 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 no, no, no. Like, like, I think it's, it's so much different when you do what I do. Like every season is kind of its own thing and its own excitement of its own dread as well. Like, you right. know, I was, I was just booking some stuff and um, May or not May, what's next month, April. <laughs> what month is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's already started in April. So, so I'm leaving tomorrow, which is the 30th. As we record this, um, I'm going to be in Arizona until the fifth, fifth fly to Atlanta, go to Atlanta fifth through the 10th. I'm going to try to make it out that night, have an off day at home at the 11th uh, games, the 12th and 13th, the 14th, I fly to Los Angeles and oh. then I go to San Diego and then uh, I'm taking a red eye back. 
from San Diego against my better judgment. So in the next one, two, three, four weeks, I should have one, two, three, four, five nights in my bed. Back up those frequent flyer miles. <laughs> and uh, Marriott points. Marriott yeah. points are, are huge. Um, Get them. Get them. That's, that's, such a, that's such a grind. I think it's like that part of it is lost because everybody kind of assumes you can watch games from anywhere and write from anywhere. I think that part of it is so interesting. Well, um, we did that a couple of years ago, but, you know, the last two years have been a little different. Yeah. Um, but now we're kind of getting back where, you know, so many of these stories that you talk about, like, like the story I did with Joey on Joey today, so much of that is not about, like, I'm not going to get that on a Zoom. And I'm not going to get that other places. Um, much of that is because, well, I've known Joey Votto since I think 2006 when he was in the Futures game in Pittsburgh on the world team. Um, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll do my, you know, my main story was on Homer Bailey, who was a, a big uh, yeah. prospect at the time. And like, oh, yeah, they have this other guy on the world team, this Canadian first baseman. I'll, I'll go write something about him as well. And, you know, so since then, I've been talking to Joey Votto since 2006. And so many of these stories come from that kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's just pretty, uh, it's a big part of it. And it, it never is like, look sexy. Um, it doesn't, people wonder, like, you know, let's see you know it's people like oh you get us the same quotes after the game yeah yeah i don't care about after the game it's before the game um it's all that other time there are points in the season where i i talk to people i you know i joked all the time with tucker barnhart when he was still with the reds that during this season i talked to tucker more than i talked to my wife and that is not an exaggeration because i would talk to him at least twice a day yeah i mean that's the interesting part of all of this is the uh the relationships that are built between the beat writers and the players uh yeah you know them more as people rather than just the players. Yeah. You know, like the, the other day, um, I guess last month, um, my dad died and I get a text from Joey Votto saying, Hey, I'm really sorry. Um, I hope, you know, best to you and your family um, the day that my dad died. I mean, like Joey reached out. I think that says a lot about Joey Votto, you know, mm-hmm. class act. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not something that, it's something that I don't think that we ever took for granted. Um, but over the last two years, it was, it was tough not being in yeah. the clubhouse and not having those same kind of relationships. And um, hopefully it, it, you know, in the end, those all result in better stories. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's, I think that's good for all of us. I, I agree. And, and before we dive into some just specific, you know, 2022 season questions, just as we were talking about it, how did you get, started you know as a beat writer did you you know work have to work your way up and why yeah. the reds why the reds yeah. is the, you know that kind of where you're from where did how did this all happen so i'm not really from anywhere um my dad was in the navy uh, i grew up all over the place um graduated high school in yokosuka japan uh then went to the university of georgia and this is something that I kind of thought I wanted to do. I love baseball. I've always loved baseball. You know, the, 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 the line I kind of say sometimes is um, somebody asked me like when, when I really fell in love with baseball. And I was like, it's, it's like asking me when I fell in love with breathing, I've just always done it. 
um, it's always been something I've loved. And, and, you know, my dad and I, it's something we shared and it, it was a big thing in my family. His dad was a huge baseball fan. My dad was a big baseball fan. It just kind of went down there um, and, and, and was passed down. So it's something I'd always kind of wanted to do. And one of the origin stories I joke about was when I was 9, 10, 11, 12, that age, um, I was always on the same little league team as this other guy, Jimmy. Jimmy and I were both left-handed. Um, you know, when he wasn't pitching, we were the we were on the left side of the infield because we were the two kids who could make the throws. He was the shortstop and I was the third baseman. Well, Jimmy had actual talent. And <laughs> like, no, no, like legit. Like even at 10, 11, I was like, Jimmy's different. So when I'm that age, I realized there is a difference. There really is a difference in talent. Um, and I could tell it, you know, and Jimmy and I were, we'd play every, you know, we'd play all the time in my backyard. We'd play wiffle ball. We'd play, um, you guys are too young for this game, but it's called micro league baseball on the computer. Um, it had all the uh, like old players on it and we'd get baseball cards. It was all baseball all the time. Well, Jimmy played five years in the majors, you know, for the pirates, the reds, the cubs, the red Sox. So like legit, he had talent, you know, I always knew that I loved being around baseball and it wasn't going to be playing that kept me there. It was going to be something else. And, you know, I had some other talents. Um, I had an English teacher who noticed that I had some talent writing and I put everything off until the last minute and could write under pressure. (laughs) Um, you know, maybe not the best skill. Uh, so then I was like, well, this is something I'd want to do. <laughs> Go to college. Um, and I followed a girl to the student newspaper. That'll do it. Um, yeah. And so that's where I started. I was like, oh, can I write about baseball? All right. Like, okay. Um, so I started writing about baseball. And, you know, my senior year of college, I started working part-time at the, the local paper. Um, like. 35 hours a week. So they didn't have to pay me benefits. And I did that for like six months, the week of graduation, they offered me a full-time job at a love, like the man, the baller salary of $16,500 a year uh, covering high schools. Don't get people jealous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's, that's why I'm in this business is the the dough. Um, And so I got a job covering Alabama sports, uh, University of Alabama for uh, the Decatur, Alabama newspaper. I lived in Tuscaloosa, which is about two and a half hours from Decatur. Um, And I covered them like it was not this was early 2000s. I covered them for eight months, but the football season I covered them, they lost to Northern Illinois at home. Nice. So, so it was you. You did that. Yeah. 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 It was Mike Shula, really. That may be a, a, a little bit of a transition because I think, uh, not to say it's going to be the same level, but I think that, you know, people are maybe less optimistic about, about the red season this year, uh, you know, selling off some players. And I'm just curious, you know, as, as a guy covering the team, you know, how do you feel about this upcoming season? Um, you know, what's, what's the vibe for you about the Reds as we kind of get into some specific player questions? Yeah. I don't see them as good as they were last year. And they were an 83 and 79 team last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's not, they didn't break up the big red machine here. Right. Um, This was an 83 and 79 team. And like, if you had a 12 team postseason, 
Um, they would have made it, but they didn't. And they're, they're probably not as good as that. So, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're not as good, um, but they had to make moves for the future. And, mm-hmm. and because the owner went to the GM and said, I'm not going to spend a hundred and whatever million dollars. I need you right. to trim payroll. And so I, I don't, a lot of people are upset at Nick crawl. And I say, we all have bosses. I've yeah. done stuff that I've never wanted to do. Um, but my boss told me to do it. So I do it. I learned that the hard way long ago. And um, so, yeah, so Nick crawl has a boss and his boss said, Hey, I don't want to spend this much money that I said I would spend. And do you think, do you think this is it? You think we're going to see more? I know obviously there's rumors about like Luis Castillo and Tyler Maui. Do we think we're going to see more trades on the horizon? Um, I think they're done for now. Um, and that could certainly change come uh, trade deadline time. Okay. Let me ask you, do you think that the reason why we didn't see Castillo get moved is do you think that the uh, the organization knew there was something going on with his shoulder because you know he's had some issues in the past? Like, do you think they knew, or is this something that just popped up that you know that that they didn't know about? I think they wanted they wanted to move. I, I don't think they really wanted to move Castillo this offseason, regardless. Um, and and some of that may be that it is better you might get more for him at the trade deadline. You might get the, the usage of him through the most of the regular season. Um, you know, I, and the other part is, I think they believe he is better talent wise. And I think we should all, we all kind of believe that than what he has produced or what he produced last, last year. So to them, it's like, why would we sell low? Right. on Luis Castillo, right. um, who's going to give us what we think this guy is actually worth. And if nobody's going to meet that price, we're not just going to give him away to give him away. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's your sense of his, his health currently? Is he, you know, how far out do you think he is? I would guess middle to the late of this first month, he, he should be back. Okay. Um, from what I've been told and, and, and what I've kind of seen, but yeah. um, I have been gone for the last week and I'm going back tomorrow. So um, I, I, I might've missed something just not being there. Yeah. That's why they need to jump. People need to jump on your Twitter. So that, you know, if they're thinking about yeah. taking SDO, <laughs> they're in the hell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. The, that rotation has uh, some interesting questions as well, because, you know, there's two young guns there in, in Hunter Green and, and Nick Lodolo who, you know, David Bell keeps saying they're they're pitching like they're ready. Um, but we've heard managers say that before, and then it's two months before we see the guy. What's your take on on those those guys? Do you think we'll see either of them at break camp? I, I think we might see both of them break camp. And in part because Mike Miner and Luis Castillo will break, you know, start the season on the injured list. Um, you know, this is a team. You, you can bag them for a lot of things. Last year, they said, hey, Jonathan India is ready. He was their opening day starting second baseman. He had some ups and downs early, and then he took off, and they were right. He was ready. And, you know, uh, the Pirates sent down O'Neill Cruz today Mm -hmm. um, because 
you know, they have so much other, so much more talent that's ready. Right. You course. know, he's, he's behind, um, you know, a hall of fame shortstop. I mean, like who, who is their shortstop? Um, but yeah, like we all know why O'Neill Cruz got sent down. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course they could. The, the Reds had Mike Moustakis and a Eugenio Suarez last year, and they moved Suarez to short to make room for Jonathan India because they thought Jonathan India was ready. So when they say we think they're ready and we're going to go ahead and do that, I don't know. You kind of got to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because they did it last year with Jonathan India, who was a top yeah. five pick. You know, he was legit. And they said he's ready. He's going to help us win games. By God, we're going to put it in. We're not worried about six years down the road. We're going to go ahead and do it. And they did. So, yeah, I mean, David Bell has said it. these guys pitch are pitching like they are big leaguers and they're ready and they don't have anything to prove. Well, by God, they might do it. And they also both have options and they can both get sent down. So right. um, I, I, I really do think that there's a very good chance that their rotation includes both of those guys to start the season. Do you think I, – because I think there was some talk about this last year uh, in regards to Hunter Green uh, kind, of, kind of following in the footsteps of Araldis Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, I mean – Do you think that once these guys, like, once uh, <coughs> Castillo, once Castillo gets back and uh, Mike Miner gets back, do you think that they kind of transition him or do you think that they, that they just leave him in there? No, I, I think he's going to – I think he's going to be a starter okay. um, until he proves that he can't be. And, you know, when, when, when Aroldis Chapman is a different time, I mean, that was 2010, the Reds won their division in 2010 and they needed bullpen help. Okay. They had a rotation that did well. 2012, they had, they had five guys make a hundred and those five guys accounted for 161 starts. The only other start um, was by Todd Redman in a double header makeup game in San Francisco. Their other five guys uh, Homer Bailey, uh, Johnny Cueto, Mike Leak, who am I forgetting? Uh, Bronson Arroyo and Matt Latos. Those guys made every other start. Whoa. They had a rotation. Whoa. And Whoa. Uh, and so, you know, like that's when they're playing around with Aroldis Chapman. Then Aroldis Chapman kind of got, I don't know, where he liked Whoa. being that yeah. lights out closer. And it was hard to get him to come back from that. And, but that was because those were good teams. 2010, they won the division. 2012, they won the division. Um, 2012, they had, I think, I think the nationals won one more game than they did. Um, they had 96 wins that year or 97 wins. I'm trying to remember. Um, they, they were a really good team in 2012. And so that is where Roldis Chapman helped that team win right now. The 2022 reds. I don't think you see them in August and September <laughs> needing like, oh, what's the difference between us and a playoff spot? Uh, a lockdown guy throwing 104 out of the pen. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. I, you know, right. the moves that they made are looking ahead to really 2024 um, when they're saying, okay, the money will be off the books. Joey Votto's money will probably be off the books. Mike Moustakis will be off the books. Um, now Sonny Gray, you know. Eugenio Suarez was the last guy who had a guaranteed contract for 2024. He is now gone. That's off the books. You know, Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, those guys will be free agents and probably would be elsewhere. Um, so they're saying like 2024, 
we'll still have Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India is kind of the, you know, the, the, the base of this young team. Those are the position player base. And then you hope that you have Green, Lodolo, uh, maybe Brandon Williamson, some, some other guys, um, Vladimir Gutierrez still. And, and you say, okay, well, that's where we have our rotation. And we're really shooting for that being the next window. Can I ask you one guy who do the Reds still want to be in their position player base? Is, is Nick Senzel in that mix? Do you think there's still optimism? I think there is hope. I don't know if there's optimism because you still have to see it. Um, he's a great talent. He has been. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. And it seems like it's been one thing after another. Um, in 2020, it was COVID. You know, last year it was the knee. Um, in the minors, it was vertigo. Um, you know, he had a ankle, and shoulder. You know, he's had something every time. And he's never gotten a chance to just play. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a the belief that if he just plays, um, he, he, he could be an asset, but you have to see it before you believe that. Do you think given, given what their lineup is like right now, is this situation where if he's healthy, he's going to be out there for as many games as he can possibly give them? Yeah. I think if he's healthy, he's their center fielder. And, and how do you think the rest of that, outfield shakes up because you know they just signed Tommy Pham they have Naquin uh they got Jake Fraley in that deal they still have Aquino uh Akiyama uh, there's so many outfielders on for only three or four spots if you have the DH so how do where would you where do you think that shakes out yeah but I mean like they have outfielders but do they have any outfielders that don't have questions like you don't have Jesse Winker anymore like you know you started before saying well at least we have Jesse and left well now you replace that with Tommy Pham and, and you probably, you say, we expect Tommy Pham to be our everyday guy and left. Um, you know, we, we hope Nick Senzel is Tyler Naquin and right. Um, and then you do some platooning, Jake Fraley, Aristides Aquino. I, I, I think they are very part of this budget that they've talked about is eating the $8 million that they owe Shogo Akiyama. Cause I just don't see where he fits in on this team. And just be like, that was a mistake. And uh, sorry, man, but we're going to pay you $8 million not to play. I'll take it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I think we, we all would, except for Shogo. I mean, yeah. Give it to me. Sure. Yeah. Um, he'll still take the money, I'm sure. Sure. But yeah, um, he would rather earn it. Um, but yeah, so I think that is, that's what it is. And you also have a guy like TJ Friedel, who's a pretty talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um who's kind of maybe a more ideal off the bench, fifth outfielder, fourth outfielder guy, but he's left-handed and he has options. Aquino's out of options, you know? And, and, and so I, I just see it being a Sinzel, Pham, Naquin, um, Fraley, Aquino. And that's kind of, you do some platooning, uh, you have some of those guys mixing in at DH along with like Donovan Solano and maybe um, um, Colin Moran. Mar- Moran. Yeah. yeah. Moran, yeah. Moran has an option, which is okay. something to remember. That's interesting. Really? You think, you think because he's almost 30 years old that you forget that he has an option. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, it, it, that is one thing that it should be noted is he has an option. 
the 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 Aquino story really when he came on the scene, man, he took the world by storm. And that, it just, that was a you know, good a month as ever. Yeah. And it just it just flamed out like it just kind of turned on a dime. It was like the it was like the weirdest thing that ever like I've seen. Like a guy just come up, start bashing him once, and then I mean, obviously it's baseball and guys figure guys out, but like it was just crazy. Reese Hoskins. Right. Yeah. I mean, he. It was funny because like that month, every every day, it was like, oh, this is the most home runs in your first X games in the yeah. history of baseball, breaking the record by Reese Hoskins. And we heard Reese Hoskins' names every day, and you go back and you look, and for Reese Hoskins, it was also in August, and then he went. You know, in September, he fell back to earth. Same thing happened to Aquino. You know, Aquino will chase a lot. Um, he's got all the power in the world. Uh, you know, like I, I still remember of all the things in that, that run in 19 with Aquino, the one that stands out, there was a game where he had a ball with like an exit velocity over 115. And then he, in the same game, he had a throw from the outfield that was over a hundred. That's insane. Yeah. And th- those are crazy tools, but you know, there are a lot of guys who have crazy tools and could have four crazy tools, but it's always that fifth one. It's that hit tool. Yeah. That is the separator. So you guys are talking about Reese Hoskins. I remember because um, I added him in the, the league, the fantasy league that Sam and I do together, but Matt Olson was the same way. He hit yeah. uh, 13 home runs in September. That first year he was up. I think he had like 20 something home runs in 50 games that, you know, in that yeah. one time he's called up, obviously he, was able to keep it up and now just made a boatload of money, but um, you know, good for him. Um, so you mentioned all these DH guys. So I guess, you know, my question is a lot of people had kind of assumed that uh, you know, if Stevenson got a day off from catching, he'd slot in at DH. Do we think that that's kind of no longer a thing or would he have priority over those guys? I would expect him to have some DHing, um, Joey Votto to get some DH days. Um, you know, the one thing I would see less of maybe is is um, Stevenson at first base. I think you'll see less of that than what I thought maybe you might see um, before all these moves. And so maybe Stevenson still gets some first some um, some time at DH because you know he is a catcher and you can't catch every day, mm-hmm. uh, but he still has just a great great bat. And then. Last lineup question, and then we'll move we'll move back to pitching. But forgotten man uh, is Mike Mustakis, and you know it's been really since 2019 that we've seen him be a consistent player, which means it hasn't happened since he's been in Cincinnati. Um, he hurt his shoulder early in spring training, but I guess he's fine. What, what are you What are you hearing on him right now? Yeah, you know he he dove for a ball. We were at uh, Camelback Ranch against the Dodgers. It was on the shift. He dove, hit his shoulder weird. It looked bad, um, but they they looked at it right away, and he's back and 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 fine. We'll see. I mean, he's been injured a lot in his time here, and so yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Do you, do you, have you gotten a, a look at him so far this spring? Does he look like he's kind of healthy and back to normal? He, he looks better, yeah. I mean, like, but, but like I've never seen peak Mike Mustakis. I've never seen healthy, good Mike Mustakis. Speaking of of guys who are also injured, there's so many Reds that I'm like. Speaking of injuries, speaking of injuries, uh, but you know, Lucas Sims, another guy who uh, was a little banged up, or is he a lot banged up? What are you hearing in terms of you know how? how far away, how injured he actually is. 
from everyone I've talked to, he should be back relatively soon. Um, they still want to get, they, you know, last year it was kind of the same thing last year and they rushed him. And I think they're trying to learn from that. Um, so, so as a closer, you know, it's going to be probably a lot like last year where it's more by committee than anything. I don't see a, you know, lockdown closer on here, a guy that's going to be that David Bell goes to all the time. He's not, that's not his favorite thing to have a closer. Um, you know, last year, I think they had 10 guys with saves and the, they had two that led the team with eight. So, yeah. I mean, if like, okay, I don't know much about fantasy sports. I always joke that none of my fantasies have anything to do with sports. Um, <laughs> but I am say I would think that if you're searching for a closer, I wouldn't look at the Cincinnati Reds. Stay away from the Reds. You know, if you, you know, if you want a guy that maybe you can stash and might turn into a closer, I don't know, I don't understand yeah. how all these things work. You know, Art Warren is a guy to keep an eye on. Okay. And I would, I would keep an eye on Art Warren. And the other one I would keep an eye on that, that maybe is under the radar is Tony Santia. I can see huh. both of those guys. I, I wouldn't be shocked if either one of those led this team in saves. Interesting. Um, and Santian, he used to, he started, right? He wasn't, he has he's been a, a starter throughout his career. He was in his, he was in the rotation or he was in competition for the rotation this spring. Um, Bell, David Bell has said this week that, that Santian is, uh, is headed to the bullpen to at least start the season. Okay. Um, you know, he started some last year and then started, and then he came out of the bullpen pen and his stuff really played up out of the bullpen and you know it seemed to 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 work and it was okay. uh it was good um so I, th- I think he's a guy to really keep an eye on for that kind of thing and on a, another watch. on the watch, yeah exactly on the watch list another guy that we're curious about uh you know sammy's a big yankee fan so former yankee uh louis sisa is he yeah is he an end of game type of guy you think or is he going to be a multi-inning kind of hybrid reliever. How do you see them using him? You know, Sessa, they love Sessa. Um, and I could see him again. He's another one of those guys that I wouldn't be surprised. There, there's about like five. I know this is a cop-out, but that's just how it is. There's about five guys that I could see being that, that, that guy, that, that the guy who leads them and saves. Sessa's one of them. Um, I could see Sessa, you know, they, one of the things they really like about Sessa is that he can go multiple innings but he he's going to be out there to get big outs and Mm -hmm. it could be more than three that's for sure right and then another you know especially today twitter you know is blowing up about hunter strickland hitting 97 um with a wipeout slider now uh you know obviously we know strickland's you know been around the block actually no he hasn't been around the box it's been a while because of injuries also but you know, he had some years in San Francisco where he was kind of a trendy reliever. Do you think they would trust him enough at the end of games also? Is his name one to add into this list? Yeah, I don't know that they have anybody that, that yeah, no, certainly. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's probably gotten more saves than anybody else on staff, right, in his career. Mm-hmm. I think 15, or he had 15 in one year. I think he has 23 or something like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, he, he's, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> The queen of England right now in China. We're like, yeah, she's alive for this too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, that's really where Basically, they are. Stay away from the Cincinnati Reds if you're looking for saves. 
Yeah, yeah. That's that's I think that's the best advice. So we'll play a little impromptu game um, of just over under. Fan, people in the fantasy community still seem to think it's going to be Sims. So let's assume Sims is healthy, which is an assumption, a big assumption in and of itself. I'm going to tell you what, how many saves a projection system thinks he's going to get. And you tell me if you think the total is over or under that amount. Okay. Uh, we'll start We'll start with an easy one because uh, the Zips projection system has him down for 26 saves. Yeah, um, I love Dan Zaborski, and I think Dan Zaborski is freaking brilliant, but there's something wrong there. Yeah, that's a that's an easy other. Okay. Uh, let's we'll knock a couple. Like, I, I hope, like, if, if you find a Vegas book that has that, call me. I'll, I'll, I'll search for one for you. <laughs> uh, Steamer has him down for 19 saves under. Okay. ATC Ariel Cohen's production system has him down for 16 saves. I can see that. Okay. So we're going. I, you, I'm not sure. I still might take the under, but I'm thinking about it. I mean, how I, many game roads going to be in that there's going to be save ops? Like, that's really right. But also, right. You have to win a certain amount of games for there to be a certain amount of saves. Um, and you've got two rookies in their rotation for the next first half, half, half a month to maybe a month. Right. Yeah. So you can be like, you know, probably extrapolate that and be like, hey, there's not going to be many ops. Yeah, sure. No. Let's talk about one more guy in the, in the rotation. Uh, and then we'll ask you for, you know, kind of like a, um, a red you see breaking out this year. But um, I, the third, I guess, untested or unproven guy currently slotted in, or correct me if I'm wrong, is, is Reaver San Martin. Yeah. He hasn't thrown a lot of major league innings. Um, if you were trying to describe him to people, what type of pitcher he is or, you know, how long of a leash you think he's going to get, what would you, how would you describe him as, a, as an arm? Uh, he's left-handed. I mean, that's, that's really where you start. Um, yeah. He's a guy that knows how to pitch. I mean, that's a cliche. He's, I don't. I don't know that he's going to break 92 or much more than that, but he's going to cut move stuff. Um, I, I, you know, when they, he was part of the Sonny Gray trade. Uh, he came over from the Yankees um, along with Sonny Gray for, for my guy shed long. Um, and, and they liked, they, they were like, they, I remember people telling me like, this isn't just a throw in. This is a guy who's going to pitch in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he came up last year, um, it, it started two games, both against the Pirates. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but like he, there's something to be said about getting your feet wet and not it not looking too big, you know. Um, and he pitched really well in both of those games. I, I remember he got kind of got in trouble, I think, in that first game in his debut in the first, and he got out of it, and then he just rolled and. He he's a guy that it just doesn't look too big for him. I mean, again, that's a cliche, but it just he he didn't look like he was out of place. Um, I, I, I'm you know fantasy wise probably not a guy unless you're in a super deep kind of league that you have to have <laughs> everybody. Trent, you know what you're talking about. You just said, <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on. I, I've been around enough, and people ask me enough of these questions, but. Um, not not my best. Uh, I guess. Thing. I guess the the biggest thing for him is is when Luis Castillo comes back or Mike Miner comes back, is is his spot in the rotation 
firm enough that if, if Hunter Green or Nick Lodolo don't look really good, they might just let the rookies go back and be on a set schedule in the minors. Yeah, I think that that really might be if they say, hey, they could use time in the minors. Um, this is going to be what's best for their development. Or if they think like, hey, they just need to get knocked, you know, they need to get their dick knocked on the ground and in, in, in the big leagues this year. And that's what's going to be best for them in 2024. They'll do that too. Um, so like, again, Reaver is a guy that he's kind of a steady Eddie. You can put him up and down. You know, he, he might learn I-71 to Louisville really well. Um, and, and a lot of these guys could do that. Yeah. So we'll end with um, something that's probably hard to, to say, but if you had to pick a, a red who either we're not talking about right now, or we're not talking about enough who by the end of the year kind of takes another step in, in their development, who would you say it is for this year? Um, let's see. I, I mentioned art Warren before. I really like art Warren. I don't, you know, it's not a flashy one, um, but, but he's a guy that I think, think he's a big arm uh big guy best voice in baseball um really deep voice good dude um i i I think art warren might be a guy that that people go oh how how did this guy come up and why does he have like seven eight saves all of a sudden Mm -hmm. um i mean it like that's again it's it's the saves with the reds um and and maybe this is by default but like i'm i'm kind of bullish on art warren great um, so before we, we get you out of here, just tell our, our listeners where they can read your stuff on Twitter, where they can read your stuff, your long form stuff, how they can check out your work. Yeah. I'm at the athletic. Uh, you may have heard of it. Um, <laughs> we have, there's this guy, Ken Rosenthal, who's pretty good. Um, we have all sorts of other great talent in me as well. Um, you can get me on Twitter at C Trent, um, at, uh, at the athletic as well. And, and, uh, honestly, it's the best baseball coverage out there. Uh, it's probably the best sports coverage out there. Um, and, and I don't say that just because they give me money. Um, but it doesn't hurt. So. I hate, I hate paying, I hate paying for shit, Trent, for real. Like I, I, I would do everything in my power to get stuff for free. Um, and the athletic is not one of them. I actually pay for it and awesome. you know, glad, gladly because it's worth it. My, my child thanks you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we thank you uh, for being on. We know you've got a, a hectic month up ahead. Um, so, so best of luck to you in the beginning of the season. Um, and thanks again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. All thanks, right. Trent.